Welcome to this episode of Shoulder to Shoulder, where we strive to grow in love of the Lord and each other. Good morning, Megan. Good morning, Pam. It's so good to see you. And we are still continuing our series on friendship and the fathers, just teaching us so much more about what it's like to walk shoulder to shoulder with one another. Yeah, you know, and it's just, it's so heartening to to read these, you know, writings of saints and fathers of the church and, and people who really had devoted their lives to growing um, in virtue and love of the Lord and, and striving for God's kingdom and how much importance they placed on friendship and how they truly saw friendship as as a means to becoming holier, which is the whole point of this podcast exactly. is it's very encouraging to read like them and to know, look, this is, this is a real big part of Christian reality, Christian history about who we're called to be, what we're meant to be as brothers and sisters in Christ uh, and friends of the Lord. We're also meant to be friends with each other. So um, I just f- am feeling really um, encouraged that, you know, Pam, as we sp- speak of these things, we're on the right track to put it on the front burner. Mm, it's important. Very. It's not just a luxury in life to have a friend. It's it's a mm-hmm. really essential aspect of being a Christian person right. in this world. And if we don't have friends, we should be seeking good and holy friends because that will help us grow right. as Christians. It's so it's it's right up there, only behind the sacraments in the church, right? Just yeah. to have those people that hold you to a higher higher accountability um, and to the virtues that you both are striving for. It's just to me, you know, when we talk about spiritual vitamins, man, it's in the top five right there. Having people that help you grow in holiness. Absolutely. For sure. And uh, there's just so much richness that comes out of a relationship where Christ is made center and, you know, how much he can teach us through each other and how much we can learn about him. And it, it's just, again, I just want to say again, it's not something that's just supposed to be, you know, a luxury or something that's selfish if you want to spend time with friends. No, like the Lord really, really desires it for us. And then, you know, in that famous passage in Sirach where it talks about friendship is saying that, you know, one who loves the Lord will find him, will find a friend like this, because it is a blessing the Lord wants to give us for our spiritual growth. And so, you know, if somebody is somebody who listens to this podcast and has ever thought to yourself, boy, I just, I don't really have friends that I can talk about this stuff with, or that I feel particularly connected with and that I'm on this journey of Christian living with them side by side, shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. I don't feel like I have friends I can trust. Don't be content with that. Like first pray, ask for the Lord to bring you such a person in your life. You know, so often we'll advise people who are uh, single you know, do you feel you're called to the vocation of marriage? Well, pray for the Lord to bring you a spouse. Well, I would say the same as far as a friend, you know, pray for the Lord to bring you mm-hmm. friends and then explore opportunities when they come to you. Um, and we pray this for our children over and over again. to bring them holy, good friends that will 
lead them to Jesus. Absolutely. Closer. Absolutely. You know, it's just, it's so important who the people you surround yourself with will so often define how you live in the world and how you see the world and, and your values, you know, you see it time and time again. And when we've got a culture that's so toxic Mm. and so wants to draw people into things of the evil one instead of things of the Lord, how much more important it is to have strong, enduring friendships that will help us to navigate these very, very difficult waters. We need each other. So much. So, all right, let's get into our chapter, chapter 10 on Boethius. Uh, that's how I would say it as yeah. well. <laughs> Boethius. Someone could say Boethius. Well, I don't know, but it's we'll, we'll say Boethius. Um, so Severinus Boethius was um, a guy that honestly, before I read this chapter, had never heard of. And uh, he's kind of living at the time when the Roman Empire is starting to break down. Uh, and there's just a lot going on as far as the connection between the political structure. And at this point, um, you know, Constantine has already, you know, done his thing so that the Christianity is not outlawed. It's growing. And, and, but then there's these, the Arian heresy is still a big issue and all these sort of things. So Bothius um, isn't actually known so much as a major Christian writer, he his big work that's known, which is called the Consolation of Philosophy, um, doesn't actually mention Christ. It's not mm. specifically a Christian reading writing, but um, apparently Christians of the time and ever since have definitely seen it as reflecting Christian principles, even though they're not, it's not explicitly Christian. And so I think in this very short chapter, there's one major theme that is really the central idea, which is bad fortune tells you who your friends really are. Oh my. And Bothius goes so far as to say we should l- desire, in a sense, bad fortune more than good fortune because bad fortune actually has in it more truth. It's a teacher. Yeah, it's a teacher. And he says good fortune uh, hides the faces of true friends and the false alike from you. But in departing, she takes away her friends and leaves you yours. Mm. I love that idea <laughs> that good fortune brings her friends when it leaves, it le- takes her friends with the, her, but leaves you yours. This idea, you know, there's that famous country song. Do you know the country song? You find out who your friends are. No. Oh, I love it. It's so cute. If, if it weren't for like copyright issues or whatever, I'd say let's play it. Um, but it's by Tim McGraw. <laughs> and and one of the lines in it, I, I can read this, I think, because I, I looked it up because I just every, when I first thought about, you know, talking about this chapter, I immediately thought of this song. And so he says, 
This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where the cream is going to rise. This is what you really didn't know. This is where the truth don't lie. Mm. And so this idea of who's a fair weather friend and who's a friend who's really in it with you. You know? Yeah. So what so true. I think this is a place maybe we are where we can speak a personal experience on this front. Have you had, you know, times where you've, you know, things all were going well and there were friends who seemed like they were, you know, right there and with you, but then, you know, you hit on a hard time and they kind of just faded away. You know, yes and no. Uh, I would say it kind of happened the opposite way is that, um, the very dearest and closest friends during times of trauma, like when Rosie was so ill, that cream rises to the top. Mm-hmm. It's more been my experience. Right. Not necessarily someone that disappeared. Okay. But that the true best, dearest friends rose to the top because mm-hmm. they were there in the, the yuck in the muck. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, we should always pray that we are that for others as well. I've had a friend going through a very difficult time and we haven't had that much contact over a while, but she reached out to me. I mean, Mm -hmm. as soon as she started going through a difficult time and I was very flattered by that, Mm -hmm. you know, and I want to be one of her people to support her. Right. So in that experience, what do you think it was that, caused her to reach out to you, even though you hadn't kind of maintained a more close relationship. If I may be so bold. Be bold. (laughs) She knows my prayer life. She Mm -hmm. knows my devotion to Mm -hmm. the faith and to God. Um, She knows all of that about me. And so oftentimes, as you know, when people are going through trauma, one of the first things we do is turn to God. Right. So she was turning to her closest friends that she knew were prayer warriors mm-hmm. that would pray and be there for her. So right. uh, that's, that's my two cents. I don't know. I yeah. could be wrong. Well, I would imagine that's probably when she was calling you, was, was talking about, you know, I'm, I need your prayers. And yes. you know, so if she's speaking to that, I think you can be confident that that mm-hmm. is a really part of it. And I think, again, that speaks to the reality that um, another issue with good fortune, when you're in a place of prosperity, when things are going well, all that beautiful stuff that feels so good, often we, we do um, lose sight of the Lord sometimes. Mm. We, we tend to be so comfortable in, in the good things that we're experiencing that we feel less of the need of him, when really that's a lie. We need him all the time, regardless of whether things are good or bad, quote unquote, good or bad. Mm-hmm. Like we are, we live and breathe, you know, in him, we move and live and have our being, right? So we always need him, but sometimes we don't feel that need as acutely when we're in situations that are so prosperous and good. You know, Megan, I'm so glad you're saying this because this is, this is a, a theme that's been in my life for the last couple of years that I'm really trying to teach my children as well, that... When God gives you these storms of life, they are a blessing. Mm. There is joy to be gleaned from this. Why? It teaches us how to cling to him during those difficult times of life that he will restore our peace. So no longer think, um, oh, I wish I wasn't going through this, but thank the Lord. I'm going through this and I'm going to be better on the other side because God's allowed it. His good providence has dictated it. 
and let me grow in this. And so you see how that mindset is a little bit different instead of trying to wish it away. It wasn't there to say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to learn? Mm. How can I be better? And so forth. Right. And also that reality that when we haven't, when we're in such good places where we aren't turning our hearts and minds to the Lord as much, it only stands to reason that we'd be more open to creating relationships with people who also aren't turning their heart and minds to the Lord mm. as much. So then you're, you know, the reality that you may form friendships in those circumstances that aren't truly rooted in love of the Lord. And so as we've learned in the last chapter, we discussed in all the times that we talked about spiritual friendship, unless that is the primary um, foundation of a relationship, it's always going to be um, at risk of dissolving because mm. that's the only sure foundation. And so Amen. I would say that the reality is we're more likely to find to form for, um, friendships that are not based on that firm foundation when we're in a place of good fortune and prosperity, when we're going through it, it's kind of like it gives us sort of a more narrowed, focused perspective on life. Mm -hmm. Like I remember very clearly, you know, um, Pam and I both had a, a dear friend who passed away from ovarian cancer um, about uh, seven years ago now, I think, or. Maybe even longer. I think it was actually. Well, yeah. I'll let no, you know. Seven years ago. I'll be go visiting her on All Souls. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, I remember when she, you know, was diagnosed with ovarian cancer and, and it was clearly very, very serious. Prior to this point, she had been a very gregarious person. Like she had all sorts of friends and was, had a lot of, you know, just relationships where she was here, there getting together with people, you know, having chit chat and coffees, lunches and everything. And after her diagnosis and, you know, getting into treatment, um, I remember her telling me, you know, the reality is this, I don't know how much time I have on this earth and I need to prioritize my time. And what that means is I'm going to spend time with my family and those people who are really, truly dear to my heart. Mm. And so she became so much more focused in her relationships. And I was blessed to be one of those people. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the weird thing about it is her disease was actually the best thing that ever happened to our friendship mm. because we became closer because she was less distracted by a lot of other relationships. And we were able to grow in intimacy through her suffering. And she knew that I was 100% there for her yeah. no matter what. And she wrote me this letter one time I think it was for my birthday. Uh, I was, you know, birthday card. And she gave me one of the best compliments I have ever received. Mm. She said, your friendship makes me feel secure. Oh, wow. And that's beautiful. And it makes my family feel secure. Mm. And that's what quote unquote misfortune 
can bring into life. It helps you to understand where you can find your security in true love, you know, um, cause it challenges those things where as a person here, because I'm upbeat and happy and, you know, really, you know, just a fun person. Well, what if I'm not fun? What if I'm sick? What if I'm going through chemo or what if I'm, you know, going through a terrible situation in my marriage and I'm just down a lot? Do you still love me then? And when somebody says, yes, Mm. I love you, not any less in this place and maybe even more. You know, I've had a similar experience with my prayer group of ladies and my mother's prayers that so many of us have really, really difficult things with our adult children and ourselves. And from that has really sprung a joy of helping others and indeed them helping me carry our cross. Mm-hmm. When you know that person is carrying, helping to carry your cross, we weep together, we rejoice together, and having that has just been a beautiful, beautiful gift. Yeah, and it's interesting because you know it makes me think of the passion and who remained with mm. Jesus. I mean, like we have in the gospel the very display of this reality when it all goes bad, mm-hmm. when it all looks as bad as it can look. That's right. Who's standing at the foot of the cross? It was Mother Mary, Mary of Magdala. Was it Magdala that was there? Yeah, Magdala. And then John. 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 Mm-hmm. And it also says there two other Marys were there too. But, but basically, you know, even those disciples, apostles who, you know, I don't doubt that they loved the Lord, but they didn't love him enough to put his suffering before their comfort. Like it must have been sometimes when you, you know, it's easy to say, oh, you know, somebody deserted me when I was suffering because they don't really care. Sometimes people don't engage when you're in a place of suffering because it's painful to watch someone you do care about suffer. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. And I think like, especially in the case of the apostles, fear entered in and they were exactly taken over by a fear. Right. And, but what that reality is, is that when you're in a situation where someone that you love is suffering and it's hard to watch it, it's painful to be near it. You've got a choice. Mm -hmm. Am I going to choose my own sensuality, which says it's easier for me not to see it, not to be engaged with it. So I will separate myself because and convince myself that it's really because I love them so much. I can't stand to see them suffer. Mm -hmm. You're loving yourself more in that, then you're loving the other person mm. because you're choosing your own comfort yes. over oh. being there. Lord, forgive me. <laughs> for a person who's suffering, who, yeah. you know, yeah. and so we have those decision points. Am I going to not listen to my own feelings of discomfort, of fear, of whatever, and truly be there for another person? Or am I going to run away and protect myself from the thing that's hard? It's that love 
that says that your good is more important to me than what makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. That's agape love. Wow. That's, Let's remember that. That's what Christ we, showed us on the cross more than anything. You no, know, Megan, this is a, a truth that um, we need to shout on the rooftops because our a culture in the United States today has absolutely forgotten that. Yeah. They're just true. running, running from so much. Yeah. Actually, you know, there's a beautiful saint um, who I love dearly, who is a passionate saint named Saint Gemma Galgani. Mm-hmm. And she um, had the stigmata. And one of the things that I love so much about coming here to record is that there's a big picture of her downstairs from where the studio is. In fact, this morning, I just felt moved to take a picture of it. So apparently the Holy Spirit wanted me to just um, read this because this is a quote from her. She said, if you really want to love Jesus, first learn to suffer because suffering teaches you to love. Oh, so good. You know, and so sometimes that's our own suffering and being able to trust the Lord that he is doing good even in our suffering. But sometimes it's enduring the suffering of someone we love mm. and being like Mary, so hard. our mother and Mary Magdalene and John who loved Jesus so much, they could not be anywhere else but right, right there with him mm-hmm. in his suffering accompaniment. That's what good friendship yes, is. Yes. So, I mean, this is just, you know, a short little chapter, but I think that is a powerful, so powerful thing to understand about yeah. who we can be as friends for others in the bad times and who we call to allow friends to be for us. Exactly. In bad times. Which can be very difficult too. Yeah. So let's, you know, just leave it at that and, okay. and pray that uh, people, if they have, if they're going through hard times, that they have friends that are there loving them through it. And if they have friends that are going through hard times, that they have the grace to be there for them. And let's not be afraid to get our hands dirty with our loved ones. Amen. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we hope it's blessed you. And if it has, please share it um, in, in any way that you like yeah. sharing. Send somebody a link, a text, to post it on Facebook or any of those places you like to post stuff. But go. we would just really love to get more people in on the conversation. That's right. We hope it blesses you. Yeah. So until next time, I hope you'll re- remain united with us in prayer. God bless. God bless. God bless.